0: Welcome back to 901 Voices and Votes Podcast, brought to you by 118 Media. I'm Kelly D. I'm Nikki G. I'm Jet Lucas.
1: 901 Voices and Votes Podcast, where we're talking about everything community, politics, news, and your voice, and votes, and why it matters.
0: Welcome back to another episode of 901 Voices and Votes Podcast, brought to you by 118 Media LLC. I'm Kelly D. I'm Brother Jet.
1: And I'm Pearl Walker.
0: And today we are going to talk about a town you might have heard of. It's been in a book. It's been in a movie. It's called Edenville, Edenville, Florida. Edenville, Florida you know. all uh, right are you guys kind of familiar with that movie that was with uh had Holly Berry in it one of my uh least favorite actresses um guy's eyes are watching
2: oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah it's one of my least favorite actresses but it was an excellent <laughs> movie to be honest with you uh, I, I didn't want I never watched a full movie but I, I know what you're talking about same hour. here Michael Eli and Halle not, Berry. Say, yeah but the book is even better uh I had
0: to read it when I Michael got to, Ely uh, Ely. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. Oh boy. Pearl. Wow. Um uh,
2: that's the same way she sounded when Bobby Brown was out. But uh <laughs> how she go with Bobby Brown and like a, you have a very distinctive taste, but <laughs> yeah, just, I'm
1: equal opportunity.
2: I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we know, we see that. But um this um
0: this town, um it's it's an interesting town. Uh, to give you a little backstory on it. Um, you know, it was it was founded by uh you know, former freed slaves. Uh, it's one of those towns. Um it's next to um it's about seven miles north of downtown Orlando. Uh mm-hmm. Edenville, um uh, it's you know, it's not a not it's not a big place, but it's a profitable place. Because you know why? It's their place. Well it's close to um you know, it's near um
2: Disney World, whatever. Disney World, yeah. Down yeah. in Orlando. Mm-hmm. So. Prime property. Prime property. Normally, yeah. that's how that works. And that's it, how that works. They got, boy, yeah, they got them a fight. <laughs> when, you, when you just look at the location, you know a fight is a- coming. And right. they've been fighting since 1887, really. Right, trying to get that place. <laughs>
0: uh, but Edenville, Florida, is uh, the oldest uh, black and in, in, in incorporated municipality in the United States. And as it was incorporated in eighteen. 18- Eighty-seven in this first town, successful established by the African American Freeman, and um, the founding of this town stands as an enormous achievement for one enslaved black man and women throughout the United States, having to you know this little town that started out with nothing to become such a you know vibrant little community, and, and that's good. I mean, it was a good, it's a good thing um, that you know it's you know it's people are valuing in it, but. I think also we need to understand as a, not only African-Americans, but as American citizens, we need to understand and value our the true historical value of what we have. And, you know, and that goes to talk when we when we're talking about things like this. That's why history needs to be told truthfully, because once you start looking at history and, you know, get to tell the story of what history really is and how it came to be, then you get that idea of wow man that's important that really was important and it's it's a valuable thing because it gave it gave you know rise to a generation of people that needed hope and inspiration
2: exactly
1: that's some very rich history and i do agree that we need to know about these things and stay abreast and um, share them with others our families and especially our children yeah, and and why
2: this is why this is important is, is to pick it back on what Kelly D started with here is when you get into black town cities and communities and everything. Um, I even I even like to hearken us back to last week um, in the vote for the <clears throat> uh, city, uh, the representatives and things like that, and the alleged idea that if you voted a certain way, funding would be pulled from Mm -hmm. a certain municipality Mm -hmm. for supporting a certain thing. Um, That is why cities such as Edenville can turn out the way that they do. Right. Right. Um, Because when people want what you got, as Kelly pointed out the the, the demographical uh, location of Edenville to a prestigious place or, or land such as in Orlando, um, You know, it's going to be problematic and problematic for people who who built their own town, who built their own, had their own resources. And then the development of economics starts to climb unequally. Right. right? And and by now, I'm sure they everybody probably figured that they'd have this land by now. right? Right. But the people are us traditionally and historically. There's a fight. There's a fight
0: in them. Well, the the, the fight with Eatonville is the same one that every black community in maybe an urban setting is going through. It just happens to be an entire town. Yep. And I'll tell you why because Eatonville is still struggling. The medium income around about twenty seven hundred dollars or twenty excuse me twenty seven thousand dollars a year. Um, a family mm-hmm. dollars the on, a family dollars the only store. There's no super sto- supermarkets, no gas station, no pharmacies, mm-hmm. um, and the town didn't start out like that. No. Oh. No, it didn't start out like that. It, it came to what you were just saying, uh, Jet. When you get to these towns and you, re- with when funds and development is not enhanced or talked about or
2: encouraged, mm-hmm. when um, the, when the state starts taking care of their people, mm-hmm. the state funds and the cities, the going to the cities and building the projects and things, then these towns begin to just start trying to choke these type of towns out. This town had a school, had a hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, had thriving businesses and what they didn't, what they didn't have was was a jail, jail. right? They didn't have a jail, right? So that tells you something about the people and the groundwork that's built there. And it's just interesting how that, how that happens. And I had a reparation thought in my mind, but I'm going to let that go. But I am going to add this whole piece to the, my case for reparations because it, it, it says a lot here, um, about the systemic things that happen and occurs uh, that allow us to view a people a certain way Cause, because now I'm sure people view them as, you can't continue to sustain a town that can't even afford to have a grocery store, you know, and, and any black towns that's left now, I think the average poverty rate, uh, uh, they hovers around somewhere at 40, 46% poverty rate. Uh, so that tells a story, but if you don't look historically, you'll think something is just inherently wrong with people. Right.
0: Mm -hmm. And I think that becomes a problem. Um, when you, when you look at it, um, you know, at one time you had 400 black towns created, you know, by, Mm-hmm. Former, you know, former enslaved people—not mm-hmm. slaves, but enslaved people—that's mm-hmm. correct. Um, yes, thank you for that confirmation, Pearl. Um, then around 1915, you know, just less than 100 years out of slavery, mm-hmm. you're down to less than you know 60 incorporated black towns in the United States, and now I think they're down to around about 20, 25 of them actually being left. More than 90% of them, you know, this, these towns have been about race. And, you know, you, you've seen the movie Rosewood and you've seen, mm-hmm. you know, and Tulsa. I, uh, yeah, Tulsa and You've heard about all these, but there's tons of these towns that you don't hear about. And right here in Memphis, is, and we'll talk about it a little later in the show, you know, we have our own mm-hmm. issue right here in Orange Mountain. And we're going to talk about that, as, you know, as we discuss the issues what's going on in Eatonville, because that issue is throughout the entire Country, yep. We, we, you know. Okay, I'm gonna go on a little bit of a rant for a second. That's rant. Go ahead. I, I'm gonna be honest with you. We got any rant music to start it? No, Let's rant. Any rant music? No, no rant, rant music. Rant. Okay, no rant music. But that's when it, when we start talking about ball players. Now everybody know I like sports. Mm-hmm. You know I got a favorite basketball team, the Mighty Grizzlies. I got the mighty All-American, you know, gods in America's team, (laughs) Dallas Cowboys, right? I love them. How about them? Right. How about them Cowboys, all right? Everybody knows that, and I love the St. Louis Cardinals, you know what I'm saying? But the thing about it is, when it comes down to it at the end of the day, right, I'm not as concerned with that piece of the pie. I'm more concerned with the development of people. Mm -hmm. Um, And if we would as a country as a culture we would focus more on development of people not just development of people in sports which is good which is I think we need it and it's a necessary thing right it's part of our it's part of several liberal arts that we need to develop as people but we need to be able to develop people minds architects engineers one thing that we learned through covid right if we had to start a town today, right, well, we know who can't start a town. That's LeBron James. He don't have the, the where all to do that. That's not in his wheelhouse. Uh-huh. All the money that he has, he can't do it. He couldn't cure nothing. Not that we asked him to. Let me point that out. Uh-huh. Or let's just take somebody else. Uh, so I don't seem like I'm picking on him. Uh, you couldn't take it. Give me another famous uh, basketball player or football player we love so much. Tom Brady couldn't cure um, COVID. Mm-hmm. As good as a football player is, you notice I didn't say great. Mm-hmm. Uh, as good as a football player is, he couldn't cure COVID. He couldn't build a building. He does none of those things at the end of the day. But we're so focused, you you can pay people will pay money to go see that, right? Mm-hmm. But into these little towns, when I'm going back, when I bring this full circle, is We keep allowing these towns to go away because we're not developing people to help develop these communities. We send kids off to college for urban development and study on how to design urban communities, right? But when is the last time one of them developed one in our town? Good, great example of what I'm talking about is right here in Orange Mound. Well, I, I rode through Orange Mound yesterday coming from the Liberty Bowl, right? You can tell the remnants of a great community. The structure mm-hmm. is there. But what happened is we did not continue to develop it, we did not enhance it. We allowed it to fall because we thought the water was colder somewhere else, and they grass, somebody else's grass, was greener than our grass and that's where we are today.
1: And the crack epidemic hit the, locally, the crack epidemic hit the Orange Mound community in disproportionate numbers, and I I think that one of the challenges that they're dealing with now are the after effects of that, those subsequent generations from that generation in the 80s was so vastly impacted by the crack epidemic, and then that Coupled with what you're speaking to, the disinvestment in the community, I think especially the, the people, mm-hmm. that's where they are now. But one thing I will say about Orange Mound, they have, they still, in spite of what they've endured, they have a lot of community pride. I, I,
2: I, I would say,
1: and strong community organization. If
2: it was going to happen, if you were going to take black community developers and and urban planners to plan and build something, I would venture to say. It would take anywhere in this country It's going to take some people That's here now That are just like the people in Orange Mound Right because those people still have A sense of community That most of our our Almost totally Black neighborhoods Have long lost through Just tragic events over time Um, Because coupled with What Kelly said earlier about um, How the state Acts towards these black cities, neighborhoods and towns, uh, especially when they're in proximity to things that they view as value for them and how we start to view those same places because of the lack of infrastructure and things. Right. And how we start to appreciate them or or don't appreciate them. It's a combination of things. then you have the talent drain. Right. Because the urban planners and people that can, they take them out and the money pays to go and do these things elsewhere. So there's a whole combination of things that somebody has to sit down and, and, and thaw these things out and say, OK, we got to stop here. We can't do this. Right. We got to suffer a little bit. And get back to building, and then unfortunately you have to get back to something because you've been left behind.
0: Well, right? that's true, and and that kind
2: of goes back to what
0: we're talking about in Eatonville mm-hmm. before we uh, before we get deep into Orange Mouth, And I know that's an easy subject because we're, we're familiar. familiar with we're mm-hmm. familiar with Orange Mouth, but we can relate Eatonville to mm-hmm. Orange Mountain and I want to try to tie that in. And how do we <clears throat> get back to what you're saying about the Orange Mouth, right? Well, the, you know, one of the things that you know that's that was on the table. That this community did, you they gave some land to build school and education with.
2: Man, and right? Under they were you under know they were thinking.
0: Right, they were under the idea like, okay, we'll, we
2: we want to enhance our community. We're going to give three hundred acres mm-hmm. to be developed for education. They put stop gaps in and everything. Right, no matter what happened to this land, it has to be used for the education. Of black people, right? Not minority people, not poor people, not handicapped people, right? Who, who then you could infiltrate with all kind of different folks to take your land, right? It had to be for the education of black people,
0: right? They were forward thinking on that, mm-hmm. and which was great, but the problem was the developers are not holding up their end of the deal. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I applaud the people of Edenville for standing on what they know is right. And they're fighting for what they believe in, even though they don't have a whole lot, but they're not going to allow it to go away just so easily to be taken from them. Mm -hmm. Um, Because now these these things um, that they're talking about, this 300 acres, um, it was sold for $16,000 back in 1951. Um, So it it wasn't a whole lot. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a lot, a lot of money in, in 1951. Um, but then you fast forward thirty years. Look at the value of that now, yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Um, you have to understand.
2: <laughs> yeah, you gotta realize. Yeah, fifty-one uh, Disney World wasn't what it is, tonight. right? <laughs> you know, so that that land has rocketed in value. Yeah,
0: right. And so the school, the public school system, which is out of their control at this point, mm-hmm. but they have they left the clause in there. Yeah, that's what saved them. The, the, see, we have to be forward-thinking in our community. The things that we do today are not to serve our purpose. It's to serve the purpose of future generations going forward. In perpetuity. Because mm-hmm. we will not reap the benefit of that. And that is something you cannot get people to get out of their way
2: because we are so we are so self-loathing mm-hmm. about ourselves. E- even... even- Churches don't preach it enough. They, they like to preach reaping and sowing, sowing and reaping, right? But when you sow a thing and you reap it, sometimes things you sow, you don't get the chance to see it grow to its fruition, right? Mm-hmm. You plant seeds, and when you plant seeds, then the other things that after you do the work of plant, the other things are pretty much out of all control, right? The That's things right. that God provides, which is water and sun, mm-hmm. right? And so you let those things do what they do, and then the produce come forward. And a lot, a lot of times, some people that was there in the plant planting process wasn't there for the reaping process, right? And so, and, and, and a lot of times too, we we like to just assign reaping and sowing to bad things, but right. that's towards anything you do, you reap good. You know, you sow good, you reap good, right?
0: So, and, and that's and, and that because the the bigger problem when we're talking about towns like Edenville, Orange Mound, um, and there's you know a few other towns around the country that we have a, a big serious issue with. And it becomes not their issue, but it becomes our issue. Because it hits home to us. Cause now, if you want to but before I move on to that, let me give y'all update on the development down in uh down in Etonville. Okay. On March thirty first, uh after the uh purchase of the land from former um hangerfield prep property withdrew their bid and terminated the purchase agreement of the Orange County Public School it released a statement saying that the sale is, is not moving forward and now we're going to lease for now, they're going to hold on to those 300 acres and it's still going to be able to be developed for some uh, black, educating black children but that has to only can be temporary when you think about it because if you came at it then, I'll just wait see Sometimes the hunter lays in wait for the prey Mm -hmm. because he has time. Yep. One of the greatest things you, what you do not do to a deer hunter is he a first one, the first rule a deer hunter does. He learns patience. Mm -hmm. If he doesn't have patience, he'll never be a good deer hunter. Sit out there quiet for hours and lay in wait, still and still waiting on his victim. Mm -hmm. And this may be the case here. Yeah.
2: Maybe we'll just wait 10 years. Yep. I mean, they've been stalking this place since at least the 50s. No, uh, but early AP, 90s. But, but since they started, since since it was became their town, because what happened after Reconstruction, black people got this land. And mm-hmm. then after Reconstruction ended, it's when the white community started start taking this land. If you notice, more, more black people were hung in the years following, in the in the 30 to 40 years following slavery, then they were all throughout slavery, right? That was the land grab, taking your land back. The federal troops pulled out, and then it was a free fall. Yep. So you've been trying to take these places since they had these places, right? And so they, now it's more business savvy, and you don't say openly racist thing. You right. don't say these, you get run them out of here. Like a lot of these other towns, if you look up drowned towns, right. a lot of these things was, you know, he raped a white woman. They killed and ran out all of the— black citizens and then somebody they put they put lakes in these towns, right? Lake Lanier. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. They got two in Alabama, one in Portland, Oregon, New York. So, you know, it was all over. Right. It was all over. Um Central Park. Yeah, and that's what happened. So but now you don't do those things so aggressively, but you do the hunter. You hunt. And you and stalk your prey. And you're right? laying wait because. Because you're comfortable. You got money, you got everything you need, and you're choking these people out. And your governors and things are helping on the big end, right? You know, so you're not, you're not going to fund them to build these schools and build this property for them. You're not going to hire them as the construction workers to build their own self sufficient ec- economic base. No. I'm going to lie and wait. Yeah, I'm going to lie and wait. Because I'm going to starve them out. But I tell you what. Because when the old, cause all the people don't speaking on there, you got one guy, then he got older people speaking on there. And when these people go, then Oh, Because well, See their children are gonna go to school for bigger and brighter things, right? And they're, <laughs> they're coming come in a
0: bigger, better way. Yeah. I tell you what, we have to take a quick break right quick. And we're gonna be right back with nine on one. Hold
2: on, before you go to break. I wanna say I want to share something before we go to break. And there he is. And there I am. And the all producers are right. already looking at you. Before we go to break, I wanna share something. Okay. Um how it feels to be colored me. I am colored, but I offer nothing in the way of extenuating circumstances, except for the fact that I'm the only Negro in the United States whose grandfather on the mother's side was not an Indian chief. That was by Zora Neale Hurston, one of the most famous citizens of Edenville. Edenville. In fact, she's brought all the publicity to Edenville in and the, and the fight. And, that, and she shows you, and, that, and that, that poem really talks about how she felt she never knew she was colored at all. She never knew she was black at all. She never knew she was disadvantaged at all until she moved out of Edenville because she was around her people all her all life. All her life. And she was just people. And
0: right? just people. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. And that's a gr- I'm glad you ended with that. And when we come back, we'll talk some more about that. You've been listening to 9 one Voices and Votes Podcast brought to you by 118 Media, LLC.
1: If you think this show is great, check out our other podcasts under 118media.com. You can find out bios, what we have going on, various podcasts and all the different genres and how we're growing. And if you're interested in podcasting, we can help you with that too. So check out 118media.com. That's www.118media.com or check us out on Facebook. We love to hear what you have to say and we hope you enjoy your listening. Now let's get back to this podcast.
0: All right, welcome back to 901 Voices and Votes Podcast brought to you by 118 Media. I'm Kelly D. I'm Brother Jet.
1: And I'm Pearl Walker.
0: All right, and we've been talking about black towns and specifically Eatonville, down um, about seven miles uh, north of Orlando, Disney World. Disney World. Disney World, the happiest place in the world. The happiest place in the world. Um and which, then next door to that is Edenville. And right next door to that is Edenville, which to me is another happy place. Fighting for their lives. Fighting for the life. You know, <laughs> they're fighting for their survival and their existence. And in Memphis, you should understand that. You've been fighting here in Memphis for a long time, long before I moved to this to Shelby County in Memphis area. Um, you've been fighting your own battle here.
2: Um, the problem is too many of us don't recognize anymore that we're in a fight and then don't even know what we're fighting for.
0: You know why they right. don't recognize it? Because you can make $40,000 a year here in Memphis and live comfortable, and I can put blinders on because I can go to the club, eat pretty good, shake my tail a little bit, catch a few grizzly games, and yeah. drink me a couple of cheap drinks of Hennessy, and smoke a of cheap, uh, couple of cheap cigars, and, and my life is good. Yep. Right? Life is good. And when you realize that...
2: Your life really ain't about much. <laughs> you're suffering at the bottom, but... You are. As long as you're comfortable... You're comfortable. Then, I mean, who who's going to want to go get out and voluntarily involve in some guerrilla warfare... To be uncomfortable. To be uncomfortable. Most right. people are not going to want to be uncomfortable.
0: Um, you know, even now in my... Um, Decline in age, I guess. Uh, and I guess that's how they said Declining in an age or whatever. Right. As I get older, I, I'm, I, I, you know, I want to be less uncomfortable, to be honest with you. Right. Yeah. You fight um, to be comfortable. Because you're tired. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we talk about this all the time. Right. Sometimes you get tired. Yep. Um, Because you can't
2: see where sometimes you are making any difference. And see, and then the wealthy get to sit up from their perch and fight in their comfortableness. Right. You know, the fight is comfortable for them. Right. But it's a grind for us down here. You know what I'm right. saying? And you, so,
0: yeah. Because you're, you're shooting it from two different uh, angles. Man. But then I, I go back and um, and I'm always reviewing. One of the things I draw inspiration from ever since living here in Shelby County is Orange Mound. I watched the a uh, video uh, about Orange Mound on YouTube. Um, you know, and I was like, Wow. Every time I have MEA camp, I'm going to show my kids this video, inspire them where they came from and what they can be and what their city has to offer. Because a lot of people don't know Orange Mound is the second largest concentration of African Americans in the country outside of Harlem, New York. Um, you You know, how did Orange Mound come to be? Almost came to be the same way Eatonville came to be. And its similarity in the same issues, um, because I know it was that, too. Um,
2: it, e- because Orange Mound, while it's not named after the uh, the white guy who donated the land to the formerly enslaved people, it's yeah, uh, Deidre it, uh, uh, plantation. Deidre Street runs throughout there, and Edenville is named after the white guy who sold them, sold them the land, who allowed them to form because white people wouldn't sell the black people land. Right. So that that is a very good simulation there. hmm So,
0: you know, it was developed in the 1890s, just like um mm-hmm. uh, by a former enslaved residents uh, to provide, once again, land and residence for less wealthy mm-hmm. uh, people. Um, and those people have to be um, African-American or black, or however you want to say it. Um, but just like Edenville, we came on hard times. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people stopped in Orange Mountain on their way to the Great Migration of out of the South and to the North. Uh, many people in the North have relatives that at one time resided in Orange Mountain because it provided them a leg up and an opportunity. But now we have treated our own place just like Edenville. We forgot about it. We didn't think about it anymore. It becomes uh, historical. You know, to us and not mm. real to us. Yeah, but it, it came real to me is when I was watching the documentary, and it said how many you know alumni is around the country that Melrose High School has. Yeah, they have a they have a, a alumni in every major city yeah. in this country, mm-hmm. which was amazing to me. We're talking about a high school that has alumni around the country, so this place must have been magical. This place must have been special.
2: This place was magical especially to the city of Memphis uh when when Larry Finch played basketball there and and I tell you why that's magical because the University of Memphis was basically nothing and he was their first black recruit, right? Oh, I was going to get to that. And then from there you build you you involve the community in your school, right? Which then the community now rally around your school because your people go to this school now, right. and your people become one of the heroes, and so then they become a focal for people to look. And you have people that look like you doing great things, and then and then you exploit that because
0: when you look at it today, when I look at my alma mater, and on College, LOC, the Magicians, baby, every. Leader in this community, prior to that, went there because you couldn't go anywhere else, mm-hmm. right? When it it just there's only been about thirty or forty years since they let you on the campus. Yep, of University of Memphis. Yeah, sixty-eight, I believe, first. You
2: black, know, what I'm saying, mm-hmm. what a uh, fifty-five about years 50 ago, fifty
0: years. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. not well, long at all. It ain't been long at all mm-hmm. before they allowed you to go to the school.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That's my problem. See, I don't have a short memory. One thing people tell you about Kelly, Kelly D ain't gonna forget, and no, I'm gonna allow you to forget how you treated me. Now I'm not saying I'm taking any vengeance on you, mm-hmm. but I'm not gonna allow you to just uh, think that you didn't do. We didn't. We didn't have no. no we had. We didn't have an
2: altercation or, yeah. or a fallout. Like it just. Yeah. Like it just passes without repentance or forgiveness <laughs> or reconciliation happening. You just go on and everybody's right. okay. Now, but that's you know, what we are when we're talking about Orange Mound. The, yeah, the people of Orange Mound, the people of Edenville. Right. We people, we lose when that happens, when you just come back together and Every nothing time. has been straightened out. Right, right. Well, kumbaya and <laughs> all Exactly. Mm-hmm. It can't be no kumbaya because
0: mm-hmm. it, it wasn't ended on equal footing. Just like when you think about the 5,000 acres, once again, if you look at what we're talking about, these things are, are mirrored to each other. In Eatonville, then you have an Orange Mound. Um, you know, 5,000 acres of it. Um you know, some people argue about what is really Orange Mound and what ain't Orange Mound, mm-hmm. and, and all these different things. Um, and I won't get into that because both communities- and they're doing the
1: same thing with Whitehaven expanding the boundaries and arguing over what yeah, the boundaries yeah. are—the official boundaries versus this boundary—and they are being it. The boundaries have been redefined and expanded by a couple of different. Now
2: Hamilton is almost in Whitehaven. The, the,
1: yeah, the past <laughs> yeah. year. the past couple of years, based yeah. on on their needs and you know yeah. their needs and objectives.
2: But the the this the thing that we lost and the thing that we're losing is the thing that Edenville is fighting for. And that's how we're being destroyed silently. The thing that Edenville is fighting for, the thing that Edenville instilled, and the thing that Orange Mound is galvanized by is the school. Right. Right? That school, Melrose High School, is the center and the focus of that community. Right. That's where the people meet. That's where they that's where they congregate. That's where the the Orange Mound happens, right? Mm-hmm. Edenville put in their a new uh, a, a, uh put in their um, council in their legislation that mm-hmm. the school has to always be the center of this city, mm-hmm. right? Not the center as in the main project, but it's there for the school because the school is the foundation of any community in any neighborhood.
0: Education is what? The cornerstone of any great society. Exactly. And everybody should know that.
2: Yep. And that's how you destroy these okay. communities. That's how you destroy our communities. And right now, most of our communities, if they are below poverty level, what the goal is mainly is to get their children out of the local school. Right? right, and I'm not saying there's something bad on the parents' part because what you want is safety, and what you want is good education. But what the state is doing is stripping those schools of all of that, right? You know what I'm saying? And then you're creating charters and things like that. You could go all on the backs of suffering, right, of black people. And then you're, you're, you're draining children. the community of it, uh, and that's how you can have so much crime, right? Because it's hard for you to walk around and constantly just murder someone that you went to church with. That you grew up and went to kindergarten with, and now you're in the 12th grade, right? And then you're just going to kill this person because he stepped you. on your shoe, right? right. But now you're, dis- you're disenfranchised, you're, dis- you're, dis- you're disconnected, right? And everything is about what you see on TV and what you hear in the music. Right. There's no personal connections because the school is not no longer the centerpiece of the community,
1: The schools are like the heartbeat of a community. And going back to Melrose and their strong alumni association, that's part of what has kept the community alive. And one of the things that has made Orange Mound exceptional, you know, before it was having these Martin Day challenges were the number of black owned businesses in many, many Categories. So between the high number of black owned businesses and you have this strong alumni association that has helped create the foundation of the modern day Orange Mound. But however, as you know, you've already, you know, highlighted earlier, they are just dealing with these particular well, challenges current yeah. to our times.
0: Well, one of the things and, and you guys have all touched on that. One of the things that really helped build, you know, from day one, the the groundwork for every most for most black communities, right? And, and you'll you'll find this common throughout all of these cities. One is they built on strong families, preachers, um, preaching churches, and civic pride mm-hmm.
2: in their communities. Um, these were the huge things, and they all rounded into pause right there because you'll be able to say this with me. What's the one thing that we always say? Oh my God! The two greatest things in America. It's the black woman and the black church. and the black church? As much as I critique see? our churches, that's still our because that's where we got our power from. Right. That is now it. where it is now is is busted up. This is fr- but see of all the things that got to get back in order. The church and the black. woman... I'm telling you, the two most powerful and I, and things and in America. And huh? I hate and I hate to have to put that pressure on the system.
0: I really do. But that's where it is. But that's it. And I am here to tell you that's where it is. Mm-hmm. You got to have it. Um, the other part you know, is home ownership. Mm -hmm. See, when you take away those churches, those schools, the civic pride and home ownership, right, out of these communities, this is when these things start to get disenfranchised. Mm -hmm. Because at that time, what happens is you don't have any pride in your community where you live at. Yep. You get your grass get up, you know, you get the broken rock effect, you know, window a broken window effect. Well, that's just now. That's the new norm. We're just going to let the window be broke. We're going to let the trash stay on the ground. Pick the trash up. You know how I many times I pick up trash in my community that don't belong to me? hmm And I hate to have to do it. But like I told you years ago when I was in, um, in the Douglas area, when I was picking up trash in somebody else's community, and that joker said, well, I don't know why you up here picking this trash up. I'm going to do it, throw it on the ground. And, I remember. Yeah. And threw <laughs> yeah. a piece of trash on the ground. Yeah. I took my little grandbaby. We got back in our car and went home.
2: <laughs> and, 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 and ironically- Outside of Orange Mound, right next to Orange Mound, just a few years after Orange Mound, the Douglas High Park community is was created right after them. Had the same effects and still has a strong alumni base. As well, in fact, Janice Bernard is from that community, grew up, born and raised over there, yeah, uh, and a lot of people like him. You know, um, Douglas High Park area. So that that's um, that's another one of those strong knit Black communities that when you drive through, if you're not if you're not familiar with the history, you just be my God. Exactly, right? And, and so where does all that go? Where does it come from? There, there are it, reasons for it. it. It comes from when
0: you take out the resources of a community and allow it to feed upon itself. Yeah. Um, one of the things I read years ago, and I forget what book I was reading this in. It was talking about how the, if you put, a, put yourself in a room, in a dark room with no lights on, your mind will feed off itself. Mm-hmm. And you almost
2: destroy yourself because your mind will eat away at your crazy self. That And that's 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 fully psychology, real deal stuff. Mm-hmm. That's the reason why people have made changes to the solitary confinement systems and things like that in the prisons, uh, because you're. That same effect. It's just dangerous for a person to sit in a dark room alone 24 hours a day Ooh. by themselves. Oh, that is dangerous. Right? Yeah. Uh, but people need other people. Right. You know, we were, well, we were... well,
0: you need other things to stimulate your mind. Yeah,
2: you need things to stimulate your mind. Um,
0: you know, have you ever been to my office and you always comment on my pictures when I post on Facebook? Mm-hmm. I have I have plants all over the office. You know why? Because I don't have First a you're dog. soft? I don't nah. have Because <laughs> okay, I'm soft. Is that I don't have a window.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And you don't want me in that condition. You don't want me in that where I'm feeding off my mind on these little gray walls.
2: You don't want him to have no coffee and no flowers. Right.
0: <laughs> that's a recipe for disaster because at this point now, I'm feeding off my own, my own ability to think about stuff, and that don't never end well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's, the, that's my whole point. Right.
2: We- and they don't understand me at where I work because in my office, I had two different offices there. And and when we first moved into offices at where I work, I had to have a window. I chose the smaller office and gave a guy that was there so short a period of time the larger office because it didn't have windows. I'm not going to sit somewhere without a window. You know? It's hard I'm to do that. I'm the same way. Mm-hmm.
1: I do understand.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that's the thing. You know, we've made a, a lot of attempts to try to uh, to get back to Orange Mound, to revitalize Orange Mound. Um, and I'm not saying it's one person's fault, right?
2: No, it's not. It's, 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 a, co- it's a whole bunch of it's, things. Right. Yeah. But
0: the thing about it is, right— when you think about our community in Orange Mound, and I say our community because, you know, two places I know I, I kind of I like when I go and walk around those areas, if I'm visiting in those areas, is Orange Mound and North Memphis.
2: North, North. And I'm a product of both of them, baby. Um,
0: <laughs> because when you actually stop and talk to people in those areas, they are the most kindest people that you want to meet. They're real friendly. They tell you all the things that was wrong and people are not mm-hmm. listening They're not listening to what the people need.
2: In fact, if it were not for the news, you would view these places differently. You would. Right. you would view them totally different by your personal and real interaction with the people and the things you do when you go to these communities. Not to say that the news is making up lies. There is a condition there, right? Right. But you don't feel that personally when you visit and talk to the people, the right. community, right? Some of them scared too. But yeah, yeah. They they trying to get this corrected and fixed. But they and, can't go nowhere. Yeah. And that, and that is, like you said, there's several things going on. Even even Edenville has has pushed back at it all of these years uh, but that's caused them some undevelopment right right? when you allow development and then you get these other conditions right because what happens to us is this is when when douglas high park orange mound north Memphis, when these were strong viable communities what you did was you had you you let the developers come in Mm. right and they brought jobs factories and then the people lived Great under um, uh, what do you call it affirmative action jobs and things mm-hmm. like that. You had government jobs. You had people, middle class people, were doing well. Right, right? then you introduce crack cocaine and, and liquor stores and pawn shops on the corners, and then you take the jobs out but, because but, you can't but, gain but, political and it power. Was the mil- middle that,
1: class people who could afford the but crack. But
2: that was the but that was the but the that you didn't get that until you took the jobs away. Yeah, you take you take the jobs away. Then you take the you take the insurance away. Then what you do is you left with depression. Right. You left with depression, no health care, and so then you self medication, right? Right? But and that's what happens to anybody. You can right. do the, you can run that experiment on anybody and that's what you'll get out of eighty percent of the seventy five percent of the people. And if you get that seventy five percent of the people, your community is shot to hell at I'm, that point. Oh, I'm gonna get you good. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you you take FedEx out of here. Exactly, and see what, and, see, and you'll say exactly what happened. You'll
0: yeah. have you'll have a like it'll look like North Memphis in a, in less than five years. Yep,
2: I mean, and, and look what happens to. I'm not even familiar with the groundwork there, but I know that uh, West Memphis, Arkansas, has a black mayor. has had that black mayor for several years now. But I bet you they don't get the same state level funding as he has to fight tooth and nails. I that. Like, yeah,
0: you uh, know, you know,
2: he, he has growth to fight. is happening, but he has to fight tooth and nails. Mm-hmm.
0: To make it happen.
2: Exactly. You know what I'm saying?
0: He's built, you know, he's got more money for schools and everything since he's been elected. This guy has been fighting on the ground. Um... I look forward to see what West uh, what West Memphis becomes.
2: Guess so, we should have on here too. Um, well, uh, I send him Marco I to, McClendon. Yeah, will have to call him mm-hmm. and, and yeah.
0: see if we can get him on.
2: Yeah, and um and, and so that thing this this is this is just a microcosm of what America does and has always done. done right. And, and when I say done to our peers, not woe is me. There are some things that we allow, of course, you know what I'm saying. But For these these too? things are systemic, and they happen, and they happen from a mass on down to a micro level and you can see the same functions over and over and over again. You can, you can always just see it and tell it. Um, When you, when you, when there's no political power to be gained, then what you do is try to choke those people out, right? Because they don't, the votes don't go your way there. It's, it's constantly, and, and one of the things people like to say is, look at high crime, look at poverty, why black people still vote Democrat. These have always been Democratic run cities and things like that, but that's because the, the the, look is always the same. Now, is it because, is all these things happening because they're Democratic run, or is it all the things happening because the, the 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 system of choking these places out happens in democratically run well, neighborhoods and cities, right? Well, because I, I, these worst democratic neighborhoods, cities, and neighborhoods are usually in Republican states too, <laughs> right? Show me one. You show me Dallas. You show me Atlanta. Show me Memphis. You know these are you, these are normally Republican states. Mm-hmm. So you know th- there's a thing happening. Well, yeah, how that goes, right? Mm-hmm. Because
0: even with the you know, and a lot of people say you can't blame Steve Cohen or whatever. You know what I'm saying? But you're the guy that shows up for everything. But I'm trying to figure out where the money you bring back to your district for Orange Mouth. Pearl can answer that.
2: No, that's the answer. That's a question. That, that ain't even a question. Pearl, is Steve Cohen even useful?
1: So Let's get him I, on
2: the show if, to ask him and see if he's yeah, useful. Yeah, so if
1: I understand it correctly, he gets the money to the area, and then on the local level, on the state and local level...
2: Well, what money then, we getting into the area? Yeah, because he gets federal money into the state. Into the state, and, the the
1: state, the state and fund. then they funnel it out and so, determine the so, budget so, so, for the fund.
0: Okay, I'm not going to make up excuses, but because see, all of y'all just told me, mm-hmm. ain't told me nothing. You,
1: okay, what was your question again? Because
2: the 9th District, you want to know how he... Uh, well, how, 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 how he you going to keep saying there. that
0: you the fighter for the people? Now, mind
2: you, now I'm, I'm going to bring this up too.
0: Now, mind you, Now, the 9th District was created for Orange Mound so they would have representation.
2: Was it just for
1: Orange Mound? Well, you know what I'm talking about. The 9th Congressional District was created so black folks like us could have. And Orange
0: Mound and White Haven would have representation because the largest tax base in this county is still White Haven. Look it up. Now, like I said before, um, when is he going to bring the money into the city? Oh you say he get the So what you're saying is The development money get here But it don't trickle down on his mouth
2: Okay I'm not certain
0: (laughs) I'm not certain Now the producer asked me earlier Mm -hmm. Who we need to have on the show Right You can have him You can have Steve Cohen on You want to get him on here He can ask these questions
2: yeah, but, that, that's but he ain't one of the answer. most important guests we can have on the show. Actually, but he won't uh, come and answer those questions. He will. I mean, I don't know if he would come on the show, but he will answer those questions. <laughs> he will answer those questions. We get him here. Um, we should be able to get him here. Okay. Well, uh, that is right. That good for me. It is. It is. We should be able to get him here. But we're gonna get an answered Orange Mountain because I'm
0: telling you something. I, I have a, two places in this in this county. I have a special I really like is Orange Mound in North Memphis. All right. Orange Mountain, North Memphis. Uh, All right. Haven.
2: What? You just thought you didn't say Whitehaven because Pearl's sitting over there.
0: I, I mean, I don't got a lot of – I've never been to Whitehaven a lot. I mean, I like the principal over there at the high school. He, yeah. he has a very good system going. And, I don't and know your what, wife
2: worked over there?
0: Right. That got nothing to do with because she's worked at a lot of different schools in this county. But the thing about – Whitehaven it, was her favorite. I'm not definitely not going to say that one. Okay. But anyway.
2: <laughs> well – we didn't come to the end. White Haven is all right. Um, I'm partial to Memphis, but yeah, we've come to the end. Right. <laughs> and, and 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 this show has been about Eatonville, Florida, but you see how Eatonville, Florida is us, right? <laughs> At the same time, and we are Eatonville, and we are Eatonville. And so let's let's y'all go. You can you can now that you have the name, if you wasn't already familiar, just look it up, mm-hmm. watch some videos of it. Uh, a lot of it you'll find is probably mostly about Zora Neale Hurston, but then there are some good informative uh, videos and, and pieces to read on Edenville, Florida. There are some uh, uh, who's that the greatest, what some people, most people call the greatest defensive end in the world come out of Edenville, uh, Deacon Jones mm-hmm. um, and uh, Zora Neale. And, and they, got, they got some young people there fighting this fight uh, for their community. Uh, look it up though. It's it's important because what it is it's important because it's important to us and where we are now. Because it's our fight
0: all across this country.
2: It is. It
0: we is. are fighting. We you don't know it, but we are in a fight.
2: And the next time, and we used to take regular trips to Orlando, but next time I go down there, I'm gonna, mm-hmm. I'm gonna because I didn't know Eatonville the last time I was in Florida. Uh, I gotta drive through there and take a stop at that one Family Dollar and <laughs> and just feel the place. Well, yeah. Something I
0: think that they do in Edenville that I wish we would do here, they have a Founders Day for the founder of Edenville. We don't have one for Robert Church. We don't do it.
1: That's funny you should say that because when Umar Johnson came on my way down to see him and I passed Robert, R. church school in Whitehaven, and, and it just made me start thinking about him and He was responsible for getting the charter to restore the city after it was lost during the yellow fever epidemic. And and I was like, we should should have more around here commemorating him. We should do more for him. And what's
2: funny about that, even though Robert Church was able to maintain and keep his wealth, the same thing happened to him that happened to Edenville, right? Sure because is. Memphis could have been a black. But once it got back and once it started thriving again, white people came and burned. Black people yep. placed it there, burnt down Bill Street yep. and took it back, right? And so now we're here again, yep. right? It's right. the same effect. And, yeah. and and that, and it goes back to say
0: what I, it goes back to what I've always said about Robert Church because you know that picture hangs in the office. Yeah, well, we really should. Yeah. When you when you walk in mea, that picture is there to remind the children when you come here. The reason why you could even be in this town is because of that man. Yep,
2: because of that man. Um, and that's and, the and thing. his daughter was one of the founders of the NAACP. That's it. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's what
0: I'm saying. Why do we not have a Robert Church Day? Think we on, really should think on that one. Yep. Take us All out of right. here, Jet.
2: Well, it, all in all, it's been a ball. Uh, you've been listening to 901 Voices and Votes podcast brought to you by 118 Media LLC. And it's been a fun show. If it looks like we're getting smaller and smaller. Because we're getting farther and farther away. Hollow. we
0: we'll double Jack.
1: <laughs> this has been a 118 Media production.